Sauce Twins. We back. What's happening? Too short, too tall. Y'all see we back in this thing with that boy Jason. What's good with What's you, up, man? What's up, my guy? What's happening? What's happening? So, you know, you know what it is, man. Hey, look at him, look at him. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so what's going on? Hey, man, we just, uh, you know, doing our daily due diligence and just looking at the industry and, you know, just kind of keeping tabs on what's going on. Getting ready for it. this fall season. Yeah, hey, football so you know season. Hey, hey, I'm going to throw it out. So since you're talking about keeping tabs, right? So this is how we find all these funny videos on social media. Yeah. All you have to do is go on IG, hashtag strength and conditioning, and you'll get your daily <laughs> every, every, day, every day. That's where it's at, huh? That's all we that's need to do? Every day. Bro, that's every crazy. Day. So I guess you that, So you clicking on that every day because I know you say <laughs> You don't even have to click on it. It'll just be in your thread. Just and, follow strength and conditioning. Oh, the hashtag. Bet. All the clowns and goofballs will pop up on your, yeah, on your, bet. Good. That's a bet. That's yeah. a bet. I'm going to do that here. Hey, so tell me, bro, what do you think about this whole thing going on with AB right now and the helmet? Give me give me your thoughts on on that. I, I know kind of how I feel about it. What, what do y'all feel about the whole thing with AB? Well, you know, I, okay, I get it, right? Tom Brady's wore hit the same helmet for what, 20 years? Yeah. And, and I, so I understand a little bit. You want to wear the helmet you've always worn. Yeah. But I can also understand where the NFL is coming from, from yeah. a, a legal standpoint. They can't have him go out there and suffer a brain damaging hit or, you know, get paralyzed and wearing a helmet that's no longer certified. So I, I understand where we're coming from. Yeah. But for him, I, at some point, man, you're making that kind of money. It's time to move on. Like, yeah. I'll go out there and play in a, in my, with a leather cap on for $40 million, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't really care. So yeah. for him, I feel like he's making excuses just a little bit, you know? That's so, my thing. I, I see both sides. My biggest thing is, man, don't be getting all uptight about the small things. So talking right. about a helmet. So here's it. Here's how I, I feel. I think that, of course, I hear the NFL, We you need to be able to, I guess, play with the things that are certified, you know, liability reasons, protection, safety, all of the research that's going on and everybody the lawsuits that's going the, on. Everybody got to wear the same type type of helmet, huh? No, there's yes. certain helmets, right, that are certified by the NFL. Yeah. And, and they can only have so much age on them as well. Okay. Uh, so, and that's the thing. I mean, it's just as they age, they age out. And yeah. they have to be circulated out. Mm -hmm. Understood. Now, now look, we can even say, like, it's all a money racket in some sort. I, I, I would imagine that at some point they want to sell new helmets, right? And yeah. if guys don't transfer over to the new helmet, then they can sell you a new helmet. Right. So I think we can understand that too. But right. carry on. I don't know. I, I just I think some of it is control too. I think that uh -huh. the players, you know, kind of get fed up with some stuff, and it's like like right. they want to control something. They want to feel like they controlling something, you know. Right. And I feel like AB has controlled the narrative for a while. I mean, he got paid from the Steelers, got a new deal with the Raiders. He's been able to kind of control the narrative. So now he feels like. The NFL needs him more than he needs the NFL. Right. And, you know, and, and quite honestly, I'm okay with him feeling like that. Hey, you done done what this you done true. done. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, you know, like, you just, it's such a fine line because you got your teammates out there working. They grinding into it, and, you know, in camp. Right. You got because receivers that are in take, that right? position. What's up? Right, because it's got to be some giving. Yeah. Take. Right. I, I mean, I understand. Fight for something you believe in, but like, do you really feel that strongly about the helmet? Yeah. 
It's control. He, he wasn't going to play no more. It's a control right. thing at this point. I think it is. And I, I'm not I'm not saying he's wrong, you know, because for, right. for me, it's like, okay, you have to get out there and play in it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's yeah. your head. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. Comfortable. I agree. hey, do what you need to do. But at some point, you might step on some toes. He didn't file the second grievance. <laughs> and so it's like, okay. But here, here's the here's the thing though. At the end of the day, when he come back, it don't matter who was in that position. Oh no, oh, no. <laughs> at all. And we that's the day. That. And that's there's the day. There's some third that's stringers the sitting there just hoping yeah. that he would just retire because the minute he steps back on the field, he's good. Yeah, cause yeah, buddy. Right. Yeah, AB back in his role, but they gone because right. like ain't nothing happened. Look what just happened with the Patriots. Right. Whenever, uh, uh, what's Flash's name? Yeah, Gordon. Josh Gordon. He came back. They cut the receiver that was there. Uh-huh. Right. And hopefully he gets a job with the Lions. But it's like, that talent, boy, that, that talent has to be ooh-wee high. But if you got it that ooh-wee high, it speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It speaks volumes. <laughs> it does. Now, my question is, are they allowing him to wear the old helmet even in the preseason or no? That's a good question because I was wondering. He could, he could be because wearing his helmet in practice. Player. Because a suspended player can can practice. Yeah. Mm. Delay, like Taylor Taylor Lewan, um, the offensive lineman of the Titans, he is suspended for the first four games. Oh yeah. But he can take preseason reps. Mm. So I'm wondering, can you wear the can you wear the suspended helmet in the preseason? I, would, I, I doubt. I'll it. probably say no. I doubt it. Right. Yeah. Because if they let them wear it in in the preseason, I'm gonna want to wear it during the season. Yeah, I would probably right. say no. But yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting uh, little little thing. I know it's been kind of polarizing for yeah, a little while. Yeah, you know, while. AB. You know, <laughs> he's hey, the guy. He a fool. He's a but guy. hey, hey, no right or wrong for me. But it is what it is. Nah, I'm with you. All right. So in our industry, in Sports performance. And give me your take on how much time you should spend on an athlete's strengths versus their weaknesses. Because the idea is that you can multiply your strengths, but you'll only be able to do incremental changes like to your weaknesses, like very, very small to where they might only become like average or they might only become you know what i'm saying not really worth putting that much time to what what's your take on working on strengths versus weaknesses and does it differ out on the field or in the weight room like what's the difference uh you know i think we touched on this a little bit months ago (laughs) i've always felt like you have to cater to them a little bit toward their toward their strengths because we both know no one likes working on their weakness. It's a weakness for a reason. Yeah. And, and, and when they come in the gym, if all you do is harp on the stuff that's, that's they're not good at yeah. or their weak points, eventually they're going to go find someone else yeah. who will work on the things that they're good at, right? Okay. So I think, in, in my opinion, like, you know, there's, you, you have to make majority of the work on what they're good at or whatever is needed to play their sport. But then you can have segments at the end or even in the warm-ups to work on the things that they're not good at. Okay. So you kind of so, give a little give, – there's a little give and take, a little touch on both. What do you yeah, think? right. I, I, think, I think the same, you know, um, kind of piggybacking off of him. If you're working on their weaknesses all day, they're going to get in the tank pretty much. Yep. They ain't going to be able to do nothing. Everything you're asking them to do, they can't do. They can't do it. Right. 
So you do have to cater to them, but at the same time, working on those strengths, right, and getting better at what you're already good at. Just separate. Uh, yeah. Ain't okay. no, ain't no measuring that now. Now those weaknesses, I feel like some weaknesses can become strengths. Right, okay. right, if absolutely. You, yeah, no. you know, repetition, all that good stuff. But for the majority, if if you have a weakness and you've been having this weakness for a minute, uh, it probably is not gonna get that, that much, much better. better. So I'll say there's a big difference. I think it depends on if we're talking a skill set or a true strength or power issue in the, inside the weight room. Because for me, I feel like when it comes to like a skill set or position or something they're not good at, maybe out on the field or changing directions or catching or something like that. But if you come in the weight room and you you get a guy, let's say, you know, like you starting a strength program over there now, you're the strength coach, the new school. And people are bad at Deadlifts, squats, <laughs> <laughs> Just put in yeah. hashtag strength, strength coach. Yep. Then, you know, yep. I feel like when it comes to the weight room, there are a lot of weaknesses that need to be attacked more, I feel like. You know what I'm saying? As far as movement. Yes. 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 In the so, weight room. Because deficiency in movement, yeah, that'll cost you a whole season through injury. Or if you just can't move on the field and Period. you can't get done what you need to get done, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right, I, I think, but your strengthnesses on the field definitely should be game planned around, right? Right. right. That's a yes. good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I mean, just, once you once you get into the season, I mean, your strength is your strength, and that's just kind of what you got to ride with. The off season is spent to like bring up those those skill sets, right? That, that's what spring practice, or you know, if you're in um, or baseball, if you're playing summer baseball, those that's when you try to bring up those skill weaknesses. Um, but yes, to your point in the weight room, you have to work on those year round. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to work on those weaknesses, buddy. Yep. You hey, better. Um, yeah, you better, right. Real quick, kind of touch, what is your take on, because we we just went and spoke to uh, middle school um, yesterday. Mm -hmm. And from my understanding, um, there are some middle schools around here that don't lift weights. Mm, okay. We don't necessarily agree with that. Right. What's your when when do you think is a good time for a young athlete to begin their strength like a real strength program, you know, where they're putting a little weight on the bar. When should they start lifting weights? Um, you know what's funny? Our friend Mike Boyle uh spoke on this maybe on one of his IG posts a couple yeah. months ago. And I, I agree with him. I think it's, uh... Oh, we kinda. Uh, we missing you a little bit, my guy. Are your hands on the mic? Hey, can, you, can you guys hear me? Yeah, oh, we, we got you. Now we can hear we you. Got you. We missed everything you just said. Your hand might have been on the mic or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, you know, um, when it comes to a strength training program, I think there has to be um, some buy-in from the kids. Or there has to be investment. They have to want to be, uh, to get into the weight room, right? So, like, when my kids are five and eight, you know, my eight-year-old starting to ask, you know, Dad, when can we work out? That kind of thing. Um, you know, because if they're wanting to get in there, they're willing to get in there, you're going to get a lot more out of them when they get in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think once you kind of hammer down those basic movements of 
you know, push-up bodyweight squat, maybe yeah. doing some isometric, isometric lunges, um, you know, maybe a couple lat pulls, inverted pull-ups. I mean, hey, man, like, you can start putting the, the bar on them a little bit and just, yeah. you know, just tinkering around with it. So I just think a lot of it comes down to the when kids. the kids want to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and we always say, uh, we always say, you know, once, once they can – understand and kind of regurgitate yes you know right, yeah. the information that we're trying to get across to them and they can regurgitate Absolutely. that back we're good to go man yeah. we're good to yes. go yeah now we ain't okay. starting them off just loading them up yeah we right. do a lot of like i said we spoke about it before we do a lot of stuff with the young kids with pvc pipes you know yep. just understanding how to pull how to press push-ups you know little pull-ups like just you know like a lot of calisthenics and body weight mm-hmm. stuff and lunges and you know split squats and all of the things that are body weight but we do put that pvc pipe in their hands so they can start understanding how to move around that bar and how to get the bar to move around their body um, yeah man you know and i think too what you're starting to see is a lot more schools i mean i think i think they're starting to understand the importance of it and they're trying to look at their program and the building for the future especially if it's a feeder school for a certain high school yes you know those high school coaches are starting to go down and tap into that middle school and seeing what resources are available mm-hmm. whether they hire some you know have a coach within the school or find someone outside the school like you guys to try to get those kids lifting because the more advanced they are but time they get to their freshman year the better off they'll right. be and yeah. right. Them, right so yeah. that's why i think they need to be lifting in middle school yeah i think yeah I think, but you know, what I'm finding, bro, what I'm finding out is like, we already know, just type in strength coach, hashtag strength coach, but, or strength and condition. What I'm finding out is that a lot of people that you see that are in the roles, they don't even know. They don't have no, they don't. The, the education or the will to, to find out and mm-hmm. research and actually build something. And it's like, dang, like, like, you don't even know? Like, what are we doing? Well, you know how it is, especially like if you're a small rural school or, you know, if you're an inner city school, they just go find the closest male, right? Who's yeah. the biggest male? Yeah. Who's the biggest guy in the building? You know, you kind of look like you work out. You know, yeah. you're the wrestling coach or you're the offensive line coach. And All right. Well, then they call the, the local university or whoever, and, and they just kind of regurgitate the program that the guy emailed him. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that's what you see a lot. Yeah. You know, and you wish that the school would just refer out to a guy like you all. You know, if you know you're not, if that's not your expertise, then right. find someone that is willing to do it, yeah. right? So It's only going to make your program better. Oh, man. Right. Two things to piggyback <laughs> off of that. One right. is what you just said. People's pride gets in the way so much it'll fail them and everybody around them instead of just, like you saying, just reaching out to somebody else. Yeah. Look, one of our guys... Um, that we train, he's a, a pro track athlete. He was training with a um, pro track coach. I want to say he's a uh-huh. USA track coach. But this guy was also <laughs> doing his strength training. Okay. And the athletes within about two to three weeks figured out that he didn't know what, what he was, was doing. He would be, he would smash them outside on the track. Then after the track workout, they would go in, and I'm talking about 10 to 12, 12 reps, high volume, high weight, all through the season. I'm talking about, you talking about fine-tuned elite sprinters. Right. And 
had no idea what he was doing to the guys. Bodies, their performance was lacking. People just didn't have that burst that they weren't feeling strong. They weren't feeling explosive. But he wanted he wanted it all. He didn't want to reach out to a strength coach to do it. He wanted to try to do it all in-house to try to be like, it was me. Nobody else had these athletes. You know how I go. And I just. Tried, bro. <laughs> Bro, that, hey, that, that male ego, boy. Yes. Jeez, bro. Yes. Boy, it is, man. Hey, yes. I, I don't know, like, those track coaches are almost like that ex-quarterback, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, they know more than you. You possibly couldn't understand how to train this guy. Like, I don't know. Hey, but to, to, to dig off of that, his new track coach, you know what he did? As soon as he got him, he reached out to us. He brought That's him. Good. He came right into the doors and was like, hey, I have two or three guys, you know, elite level guys. I need elite level strength coaches to pair to nice. team up with us. And nice. we did. And we teamed up. But he just got a gold at the Pan Am Games. I saw that. Y'all were flaunting that thing the other yeah, day. Yeah, hey. Wee! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but man, it's, um, I don't know, man, it's just. Everybody thinks they know everything. Oh, but second thing, what you just said. So, how much should a strength coach, let's say you're an assistant or you know you're a GA and you're coming up through the system, how much of your head strength coach's program should you make your own? And how much should you do what you believe? Like what where can you how do you do that when you step out into the field as a new strength coach? Well see, that's the only thing, right? Is Whenever you see these assistant strength coaches being hired from these Power Five schools, you really don't know what they know. What you gonna get? You don't because <laughs> you're you're hiring them. Like when someone just says, "Oh man, I love how Alabama plays." Well, guess what? I do too. But that doesn't mean they're necessarily being trained the best. Now yeah. I don't know what they do. Yeah, I can't really speak on that. But I know they get the best five players in each position in the country every single year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just where genetic is taking over, I'm sure, right? Um, but a lot of times those guys, man, they literally just regurgitate what they've seen, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so then they get, now they get into the big chair and they don't know how to expand on that. And they don't know how to adjust to real life situations Dude, to where, about that. Mm-hmm. right? You know, to all of a sudden now your head coach comes to you and say, hey, we're gonna lift after practice. You know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And you don't understand the training program enough. You've just been copying and pasting. Mm. And and now you're you're stuck. Yep. And, and you don't know what to do. And mm-hmm. now you're crushing the guys with too much volume and they're not getting enough volume. Yep. Or, yeah. You yeah. know, I, you, you have to be able, I've always said you have to write your workouts in pencil, not pen, mm. because there's too much, there's too much fluidness through the day. Every kid is a little bit different. I mean, even at, where I'm at right now, you know, we're training, I mean, pretty much seven through 12. And I mean, even within a position group or even a grade group, these kids aren't all the same. Right. And so we're really having to be fluid within a workout and try to mimic the pattern. We just have to change up the protocol that we're yeah. doing to get to that point. Right. So, so, so what I'm hearing you say is this, that the superstar or the golden strength coach, it's not about the program. It's about the ability to modify and scale on the yes. go, constantly. On the, on the go, on constantly, the go. yes. They don't understand. Yeah, because what you see is if you just go hire the, the guy, like you've seen it now several times, they go hire the assistant Alabama. And so you're just trying to get a mini-me Scott Cochran, right? Yeah. Well, that's fine. And that guy tries to mimic 
Scott Cochran yelling, full of energy, all that jazz, but then there's no substance behind it. Yeah. yeah. Right? He's just mimicking the actions of a guy that he saw. Yeah. Well, what is that going to do for me when the training starts? Yeah. Or when the newness wears off, right? Yeah. Like anybody can step in and do an immediate impact. But can you hold the reins down for a, for a decade? Now, that's when you're a strength coach. Yeah, yeah, that's shock factor. Like, yeah, you can come in like, and shock them. Right. Yeah, yeah, trick but then, play. But, then there's no, but they read through that. There's no substance behind it. Yeah. You're just up there throwing quotes, right? Like, that's all you're doing. You're throwing quotes or you're yeah, 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 or, or doing some jumping jacks. And that's great. But what happens when we're three years into this? Yeah. Yeah, right? no, I'm going like, to be the same. Like, that, that's hey, a, hey, how many, it's gonna be this hey, how many football games have you seen where a team comes out and they hit that other team with two or three trick plays they never seen? But you just sit back and watch the game and right. you know by the end of the second quarter the game is slowed down, everybody's settled yes. in, and then that yep. team is out of there. <laughs> Done got, you, just, you just have to take the best shot, right? Yeah. You just gotta settle down and then just start playing your game, right? Because they're not as good as you. But they came out flashy. They tricked you twice. Yeah. But you just got to work your way back. And that's, I guess that's the thing is with these coaches, man. I don't know. Like, there's there's only, you know, a lot. Tommy Moffitt's been another one at LSU. He's had a lot of guys, you know, taken from his program, strength coaches, and hired other places. And there's some good ones. Like, Paul Jackson at Ole Miss is really good. And there's others. But, you know, a lot of times you see these guys, they get these assistants plucked. And, I mean, yeah. people are just hoping they're going to get that lightning in a bottle yeah, or that, man. you know, that little mini-me. And it's just, yeah. you know, like, but they can't program. They're just they're just going to regurgitate what they did underneath yeah, that guy. They, and, you know? They're going to give you that end product. This is no joke. I know, guys that have been hired, I, I know guys that have been hired um, as a head strength coach places when he was an assistant at a Power Five. And they literally would copy and paste the program. They had eight weeks of the program. They did it said Power Five. They would copy and paste that program in Excel. They would cut out the Power 5 logo, put their school logo at the top, and literally roll that eight-week program over and over and over and over again. Wow. Right. That's pathetic, man. It is, bro. It is. So, it is. So, so, here's, so my question to you is this. Someone that's done it for football and basketball. No, I work with volleyball, Vo- softball. I work with okay. everything. So that's great. Yeah. So tell me this. Now... I think the biggest change is probably in the football realm because you have different styles of play, like seriously different styles of play. Like Big 12 might be real flashy, spread everybody out, throw the ball, you need quicker guys, maybe smaller guys on defense that run sideline to sideline. Then you might get down in the nit grid of the SEC and Alabama and LSU and we're going to line up in pro, we're going to run the ball. You know, we might spread it out a little bit, but do you change – your strength program in the off season to cater to the style of football that's being played. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, and no. Okay. Um, you know, I've always had the belief that you know we want our skill guys to be strong like our linemen, and we want our linemen to be able to move and run like our skill guys, right? Um, I just really like to try to train everybody just to be the best general athlete they can be. Okay. Um, now, the conditioning aspect of it comes more so in the summer. Okay. Um, you know, that's when some of that would really change. Uh, but, no, I mean, we would – I don't know. I think a lot of times you look at offensive linemen, people don't realize how much they actually are on the field and how much they have to run. Um, you know, and just laying around on a bench press – 
and maybe pushing a prowler five yards, that's not going to cut it. Right. Uh, because, you know, if you're throwing bubble screens and Blocking running guys in the open field. They better get out running, there. You right. better get out there. They're going to hit the ground. They're going to have to get up, get back, get set, because you're the guy that's getting the ball set, not the receiver. Mm. The receiver will actually jog off the field, um, but the linemen aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are going to take 100 snaps a game. Mm-hmm. You know, him, the quarterback, are going to take 100 snaps. Yeah, Everybody else line. is going to yeah. sub. That's yes. Everybody else is in and out. Yeah. But guess what? They still have to be 300 pounds, and they still have to be strong, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't if you don't train that work capacity where those guys can stay as high, as close to 100% as they can, then you're going to fade in the fourth quarter. They're going to be pooped. Boy, you they are. Be pooped. I know. Preaching, preaching right now, That's why boy. you be You preaching why right now, boy. You preaching. You know, I think everybody thinks just receivers and DBs have to be in shape, man. That's far from the truth. The one position that never comes out besides the quarterback is the offensive line. Offensive line. And if you're doing your job, you're on the field a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that's a good. That's, I agree. That's a good point, man. That, that's good insight, too, because, I mean, even for us, you know, we don't have experience training an entire football or volleyball team year in, year out, maybe uh, um, different styles of play in different schools, you know. So, yeah. you know, of course, when we get them, you know, individually and in groups, kind of like right. you said before, we're trying to make the best athlete that we can when it comes to movement and yeah. strength and, and all of those things and just being healthy. Like, that's what we, that's our goal for each and every athlete. So it's, that's good insight for me um, to know about, you know, what you do with teams. You know, that's yeah. – yeah. You know, I mean, if a team lines up in a huddle and breaks the huddle and lines up, runs the football, you know, and they're not snapping the ball to five on the clock, you don't see that as much anymore, then okay. But Or if you're a power five school and you're, you're a legit three deep, okay, that's a little different. But, you know, you take a, 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 you know, a, a mid-major – or a one double A team, you're just not going to have the same depth as yeah, those schools. Yeah. God, and God, so, God. like, uh, they got to play. And, you know, and if they don't play, you're not going to be any good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, I remember when I was at, at Middle Tennessee, I mean, we would beat teams like Missouri and Georgia Tech and Maryland and Syracuse and whatever. And, but our, there was a huge drop off from our first to our second where there wasn't, they could, they could go down even to their thirds. And still was pretty good. Yeah. But our guys had to be in shape to be mm-hmm. able to weather the storm. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, if they come out, he's a trick player. If there's an early turnover, our good players like a Kevin Byard when he was when he was there had to take over a thousand snaps a season, or we were not going to be any good. Yeah. 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 So those guys got to be. Got to play, man. They got to play. Yeah. And I don't, you know, and I, an offensive line coach or somebody's going to tell you that. Oh, you can't run those guys the same way as you can the DBs. And to an extent, I believe you on that. But guess what? You're not going to say that to me when we get in fall camp or yeah. we get in the first game and, they're, and, and they can't run. Yeah. But guess what? Now you're going to look at me like, well, oh, damn, what were we doing what this What were you summer? doing? Yeah. Well, right. you told me not to run them, right? Yeah. You said, go over here and let's suck down a honey bun. And yeah. They only need to run once every 45 seconds for five yards. Like, that's just not realistic, yeah. man. Hell, yeah. even on a busted play, you move more than five yards. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 good insight for us, and I'm sure for a lot of the viewers and the people that are tuning in and the coaches, because um, I don't know, that's just something that I, you know, I, I want to ask, and that that's interesting to me, um, because I know that the strength coach from the inside out can absolutely transform a team, yeah, and the impact that he has on absolutely. the guys' performances. I mean. I mean, that's the I foundation. I feel like they almost have more of an impact. It's the foundation for the guys' performance, of sure. 
Now, you get out there on the field, the guys still got to perform. They still got to yeah, go and catch the, the ball and, and run stuff. the plays. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. got to have those guys ready, man. That's 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 good insight for me. That's real good. We, um, I think my boy froze on us. We are down um, to the last few seconds. <laughs> and we just want to say appreciate y'all. Appreciate Jason for for coming on. Yes, sir. Um, and uh, everything that he continues to do for us and all of the information that he provides to us. Um, it's, it's, it's been good. Once yeah. again, uh, yeah. Sauce Twins. Sauce and, Twins. Uh, Jason Spray. Yeah. Hey, make sure y'all go and follow. Hey, we back. back. Hashtag <laughs> Sauce Twins. Turn your notifications on. Holler at us, man. Hey, we ain't done. We ain't done yet. Get with us. ATA. Yeah, ATA. What? Where my athletes at? Athletestrainathletes.com. Let's get it. What y'all doing? What you doing? You sitting on the couch not doing nothing. Huh? What will you sacrifice to be great?